I, I think the last time we were in, it was just the beginnings of the playoffs of, for the Heat. And uh, I was I was one of the detractors kind of questioning whether we should take them seriously, what kind of run they would have. I question their record playing out away from American Airlines Arena. I, I'm really happy with how wrong they proved me. And uh, I, I think it's a credit to everyone in that organization with this surprise, well, surprise to me anyway, finals run that they've been on. Um, game one did not go well. And I, I'm, I'm back to being a pessimist, but I, I'm curious to hear what what Brett and Renee think about the Heat here. Uh, yeah, well, I think last time on the show, I was more of an optimist than you are. And heading into game two, I continue to be an optimist. Um, <laughs> if you can tell by my, if you're streaming us, you can tell by my disgusting playoff beard that we're still here after it's been, what, nine weeks so far in the bubble, 10 weeks, something like that. Um, yeah, like you said, it's a testament to the organization. But one thing we said last time we were on was the bubble is the perfect environment for the heat. It's basketball only, no outside distractions. And, you know, for that, that's that's our organization. That's what we've been hearing all, all playoffs as we've demolished Milwaukee and Boston is, you know, it's about the culture. And it really is. And it's proving to be proving to be true thus far. What What's the latest on the injuries? And um I mean, I, I've heard both about Goron, that he's out for the series, and then I heard there's a chance he could play. Uh, I guess Bam is less of a, of a concern, but what, what is the latest on their status for game two? Uh, well, Bam, Bam, I think, is out for game two. Yeah, the last I saw, they're both out for game two, and I think the prognosis for Goron is worse. But, wow, I mean, down 0-1 and heading, heading into this next game without Bam especially, but, but, but Goron is a valuable piece as well. What's what's the cost for your optimism here, Brett? Talk talk me off the ledge. I've got I've got a list a mile long. Uh, well, first, just just you know our belief. We've gotten this far, right? Nobody expected <laughs> us to beat Milwaukee. Nobody expected us to beat Boston. You know, just at all. And we and we thrashed both of those teams. But okay, let's let's look at some positive some positive numbers. The Heat have been to the finals five times, right? Before this, we're three and two in the finals all time. Uh, all three finals that we've won, we lost game one. Um, two of those three, we were blown out by Dallas okay. in 06 and then by the, uh, by the Spurs in 2012, which was the first, excuse me, by the Thunder in 2012, which was the, the first LeBron big three title. Um, so we, we might have them right where we want them. That's, you know, that's one way to look at it. Okay. Uh, also, another thing people are talking about is the Lakers size and just out, you know, there's been a ton of articles about how the heat just, we can't put Jay Crowder on AD. We just we just can't guard them. You know, we don't have the size. And to some extent, it's true. They look like the the freaking monsters out there. They're gigantic. And they out-rebounded the Heat 54 to 36. They out-rebounded us by 18. But something that, you know, maybe is due to our fourth quarter run and maybe is due to people, you know, not, not looking deeper into the game is the Heat actually outscored the Lakers points in the paint by eight which I find kind of odd because, you know, they were dunking on us at will, and yet we still found a way to score near the rim. Uh, you know, a lot of that was due to, like, Kendrick Nunn having a great second half and garbage time maybe. But, you know, that's encouraging, especially since Kendrick Nunn with Goran out is going to be a massive, massive player going forward for us. So those are just a couple of things that uh, I'm positive about, but also, you know, the team seems confident. Jimmy, Jimmy's out there in the press conference. You know, he's he's ready to win, and I think we. Uh, you know, it's not reason to lose faith right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be time. 
he's is the lone superstar with Bam into game, and I hope we're going to see something special from him. I, obviously, we'll need the three point shooters to all come come tonight, but I don't know. I don't know. Brett. Before the series started, I was I was you know I was reasonably optimistic because you look at the Lakers, and I think it's clear they've got the two best players on the court. But after that, I would I would have argued that the Heat had like the next seven or eight best players on the court after the first two. I would still um, argue that. It's just really tough with these injuries. I mean, these are key players, key players that allow the other players to do what they do. I mean, the second you don't have to re- you don't have to worry about Bam or you don't have to worry about Goron, then you can worry more about about Hero and and he you know his uh, his ability to make a difference is diminished. I mean, it's I'm always optimistic. I certainly wouldn't write them off, and I don't think they're going to get swept. But it just—I mean—it becomes a, a really steeper uh, mountain to climb. Yeah, the bam, the man, bam injury to me is more uh, upsetting, just because you know he he had like an, a very questionable second foul called on him early in game one, uh, but he was playing decent before that, and just throughout the playoffs, he's really shown that he is. Jimmy's right, Bam is our superstar. As much as Jimmy Butler gets the the attention and deservedly so, Bam is what makes this team work so well is versatility, uh, especially like game six against the Celtics fourth, fourth quarter, he took it over. You know, he brought us to the finals and now yeah. it just, it's just sad. We're not going to get to see him, you know, un- in the finals at all, let alone swing it in a way that, you know, a lot of us think he could and should have. Is there any chance that he returns? I don't know. Uh, I, I know it's a, a neck injury. That's all they're really saying. We're, we're a little cagey with injuries. Um, but, you know, let's let's hope for the worst, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. But, you know, he's out for game two. And, I you know, this is a critical one, I think, for morale no matter, for just everything. No matter what happens, even if they get swept, I mean, an incredible step forward for this organization. Um, you know, what, what happens going into next year? I, is Goron's a free agent, right? Or, yes. or is he... So, yes. and what's uh, Giannis's status? He's a free agent too, right? Is there any chance we could we could add him? No, that's that's next year. So oh, there's okay. one more year. Yeah. I mean, we're so we're hearing that as of as of about an hour ago, they're they're both doubtful for tonight. So I I don't I, I think we've got to face game two without those guys, and uh, that's going to be tough. Let's make it. We can make it work. You know, the Heat have reinvented themselves many many times before. Uh, you know, one, another, another just positive, you know, historical moment is uh, the big three when we were struggling. I think it was the first year when we played in Indiana, Chris Bosch got hurt um, in the Indiana series, which was the yeah. conf- conference semis. And that was the first time Spo really opened the lineup up, played LeBron at the four, uh, just kind of made us, you know, almost like the, the pre-warriors warriors, which we, which the big three kind of historically were. And so, you know, maybe that's the adjustment we need to make. Maybe maybe Kendrick Nunn comes out and drops 40 points tonight. And, and so we're just a different team. Yeah, it's fi- it's finding a way. It's finding a way to win tonight and then seeing what comes in game three. Yeah, they, they got to figure something out tonight. They're going to need someone who we're not thinking of or who we are thinking of, but who we, we can't be sure. At least one or two of these guys are going to have to go off. They're going to have to probably hit a bunch of threes and uh, hope for some cold shooting from the Lakers or maybe some foul trouble, you know, foul something to, to throw things off. I, I know as a basketball fan, there are games where player X for the other team is out and you think, oh, this is going to be so much easier. And somehow 
that team plays better that night and beats you. That, that's so, like the Rex Chapman game for the, the Heat against the Bulls years ago. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe that's going to be part of the the stew here that, that they'll have cooking in game two and they'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. I was telling I was telling Kiri before, if you Google Heat Championships right now, uh, Google already gives them credit for the 2020 title. So uh, if they somehow win, it's more proof that we're living in a computer simulation. Yeah, which which 2020 is showing us we are. Yes. Yeah, and I told I told Renee that I will I will convert into a believer about us being in a simulation if the Heat can turn this around. If it turns out that 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 prediction is accurate, then I will believe. Like that's it. Okay, we're in a simulation, and I'll have to learn what that actually means for me. <laughs> of all of all the things that have happened in 2020, the Heat winning the championship is like the least surprising thing to me. You know, we're built for this. We're not built for coronavirus. <laughs> no, it's true. I, 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 I understand what, what really has me ready to give in though, is uh, being down on one in the injuries at this point, because I'll tell you, I said at the beginning, and I, I almost always am the most pessimistic fan of whichever team I'm rooting for. I like one to think Peters? it's okay. One of, one of the most, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of it as realism, but uh, you know, right before the game, a couple hours before the game, someone told me to, to make a prediction. And I gave in to my heart and I picked Heat and six. So they did win me over. But as a pessimist, I'm certainly worried really quickly again after game one. So we'll see. Uh, I, I hope. I hope if they, they win. If they win and Spolstra figures out how, what adjustments he needs to make. I mean, at that point, wow. I mean, Spolstra really catapults himself into another level of, of all-time coaches. Well, that's, oh, yeah. how about, that's another conversation that people yes, are having. We should do this. We, Let's, let's say that he gets swept, right? Let's say we get blown out in the next three games and it's just, it is what it is. Is Spo a Hall of Fame coach if he retires? Absolutely. I think he's a Hall of Fame coach right now. First ballot Hall of Fame coach? Well, I don't know about no that. But, uh, Why? Yeah, I mean, definitely a Hall of Fame coach, I think. I, think I, don't, so I, don't, know, I don't know the precedent for, for balloting for coaches. So I don't, that's where I'm not sure about first ballot. But yeah, I do, I do think that Spo is a Hall of Famer. But just it just seems like that's something people are just now discussing. When to me, it's like, guys won three championships. Look at look at what he's done. You know, look right. What, look what he continues to do. So, shout out to the spell. I think I believe. I think he's he's, he's, he's only get won. It done. He's only won two though. Pat Riley was a coach for the 06. Yeah, he was an assistant. He, he played a he played a role. He played. Sure. A, he was okay. there for three. <laughs> right. I mean, right. no matter how this year turns out, it's a great addition to his resume. I mean, it's, it's a huge achievement. It's a huge yeah. achievement already. It is. It is absolutely uh, an achievement and something that that goes in the column of of the reasons why he should be a Hall of Famer. Here's One something thing- that Peter, but that Peter brought up pessimistically, which had never even crossed my mind. Do you think some other team makes a run at him? I would not be surprised. I mean, it makes sense that another team would try. Do they do they even get a meeting with him is the question. Does he is he interested? Would he even entertain it? Yeah, that's that's something I I was I they talked about on the broadcast in game one is how Spo, just because he started with the heat in the you know the video room and has worked his way up, he could be one of those guys who stays in one of those guys, like the only guy who stays at his own organization for like 50 years, which he really could do. I mean, he's in his 20-something year with the organization now, his 12th year as head coach. I do think teams, you know, probably offer him a lot of money. Maybe, maybe the Lakers one day, maybe the Knicks, you know, one of those huge market teams, but why would he leave? What, you know, he has, I see no reason for him to, what bigger challenge is there? What's better? He's really becoming, he's becoming the Tommy Lasorda of basketball. I mean, another guy who just never left (laughs) and had a number of different jobs with the organization. I mean, he's, 
we we really are. I mean, he's so young. We could really be in the middle of something incredibly special. He's a lot better looking than Tommy Lasorda. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tom, Tommy and would I, agree. <laughs> and I think I think as a as a concerned Heat fan, I, I would I would think there's only probably one or two jobs to worry about, right? It, it's got to be like Knicks or Lakers, and it's got to be a Knicks team that is has different ownership than it currently has. I, I can't imagine he would leave there, leave Miami to go there now. It's 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 going to be one or two really glamorous well-run franchises that have something special on their roster at the moment that they're trying to get him. I, I imagine it would take that and then all the money in the world to get I mean, him to I, leave. I don't, think, I don't think there's enough money because like Brett points out, I mean, I think that he's got a job, maybe not coach forever, but he's got a job in this organization until the day he retires. Uh, if he goes somewhere else, I mean, even if they paid him 10 million more a year than what he's making, that's got a shelf life. I mean, in three or four or five or six years, he'll be fired and that's it. I mean, he's, He's not just give. He needs to, with the heat. It's not just about the next five or six years. It's about the next thirty. You're right. There's nobody he has, who could give him enough money to offset that. He can't. He can't have the goodwill anywhere else that he'll always have with the heat. So I hope that's okay. part of what what keeps him here, for for the rest of his career. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, there's no reason to think not. But stranger things have happened. It's 2020. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so. Game two. All right. So game two is, is Friday and uh, tonight. And how, how long is the layoff until game three getting into BAM recovery mode here? Game three is Sunday. Okay. So it's just, it's every other night. There's no, no... I, I think it switches up next week. It's which it's okay. game three is Sunday. And then I think it's Wednesday. I want to say game five. French look at Brett. Look, look, look at, look at Brett counting on game five already. Oh yeah, come on! I, like I said, we've you know, there's precedent for this. We're all we're all attorneys. We know what precedent is. So it goes. Yeah, it goes. Don't uh, let go of the ropes. It goes today, Friday, and then Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. So the gap there is between Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday, Friday. Between game okay, four and game so five. We got to hang on that long. Right. Well, like I said, I hope I hope they prove me wrong. I, I am I am looking out for a couple of these things we've discussed now, uh, but we'll see. It's it's going to be rough. I, another other... thing, another thing that we that we said earlier was, I mean, just Brett, a year and a half ago, we all had a show here. We were talking about how bad the Dolphins, the Heat, the Hurricanes, and the Marlins were, and and we had a vigorous debate as as to which team of those had a brighter future. And it's incredible, uh, at least right now. I mean, all of them except the Dolphins. I guess the Dolphins have reason for, reasons for optimism too. But what what a what a difference a year and a half makes. It's really incredible. Seriously, and today's today, you know, like like Tuesday is going to be one of those glorious Miami sports days. Let's hope, hoping both teams can win. Um, who has it the best in the future, though? Who do you think now? Now a year and a half later, that we're we're all we're all pretty hopeful. Who? Which team do you think has the brightest future? I think the Heat always has a bright future. Uh, I think that they've got a good core of young players. Uh, I think they've got the flexibility to be able to add somebody along the way if they think they want to. Uh, I think the Marlins have an incredibly bright future. Uh, they've got so much good young pitching that you can use the excess, the surplus, to go and acquire whatever you want. Um, you know, the Dolphins I'm not optimistic about. The Hurricanes, <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, they, they probably get lit up and lose by 60 on Saturday. Who knows? They've got Clemson Saturday, right? Yes. yes the they following do. Saturday. Yeah. I mean, 
I agree with Renee that the you can't you can't deny the heat in terms of how bright their future is and also just what basketball is in terms of one or two players can set you up for so long in baseball so much can go wrong uh so the Canes actually are next Saturday I guess they've got to buy this weekend so it's next Saturday that that the Canes will have their obviously their ultimate test for the regular season it comes pretty early so if they win that game, they they catapult themselves up to the to the head of this conversation. Oh, forget it, forget it. I, I might have to I might have to move out of state for a while if they win that game. <laughs> I won't. Okay. You grew up as a Canes fan, right? I mean, you could always I, you could always. You I know. get it. I understand it. I remember what it was like, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't partake in it anymore. So, the the level the level of chirping and strutting that would go on if they knock Clemson off next weekend. I mean, I would need, I would probably need to take a vacation of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So Me too. We got a lot more to talk about. We're, we're just touching on some of the other, the other ideas. Uh, we've got college football, the Canes and the Gators are both in the top 10 and have had uh, quick starts here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about football around town, pro and college as well as obviously the Marlins and the Major League Baseball postseason coming up on the other side. This is Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145, The Voice. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? And he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank is... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, that, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? 
Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Welcome back. Here with the boys on Sirius XM's Channel 145, Slam Radio. This is Kiri Wan. I'm here with Brett Marcus and Renee Ruiz. So we, we are just swimming in sports right now. It's, it's a lot of fun. And one of the fun new things that we're experiencing is the 16-team playoffs in Major League Baseball. When, when the season started and we heard that there was going to be a new format, I, excuse me, I was confused or I thought it was going to be confusing and somehow I didn't realize that it, it's just a, it's a 16 team bracket and it's nothing makes more sense nothing is as intuitive uh, as that I think to an American sports fan you see it and immediately you know what the stakes are and I think this has been a blast I'm I'm someone who generally speaking I I miss the old old way that baseball used to do things with 162 game season I always have fantasized of the the best record in each league wins the pennant and then you just have a world series that that's always what I think of as my ideal for figuring out a baseball championship but this is a lot of fun there are games all day long I, I think we learned that with the in, in in the NBA this year too having a bunch of games playoff games starting in the afternoon 
and going all through the night. There's just, there's nothing more fun. Immediately, these stakes are raised. They're high stakes with three game series, but they're not like completely absurd in terms of the way the ball can bounce in a one game playoff. And uh, I just wanted to throw all that out there because we were talking a lot in the break about how much fun this is. Uh, Renee, give us, give us your thoughts. Uh, and then I wanted to get into some of the, what you were theorizing are the implications of the success of this playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this, this round is really exciting. I think the, uh, the ratings are up. You have, a, you have, you have four games played in one day, which is remarkable. Uh, I think this is one of the changes that doesn't go back. I think that, that this is here to stay. Uh, the only thing I kind of don't like about it being a Dodger fan or, or, you know, the fan of any team that, that, you know, ran away with the regular season is that anything can happen in a three game series. I mean, you can, if you lose game one, I think statistically your chances of losing that series are, are incredibly high. And it's, it's really disheartening to, to lose to some team. You know, let's say the Dodgers would have lost to the Brewers, which could have happened because the Brewers had a chance to rally in both of those games. You know, to lose to a team that didn't have a 500 record at any point during the regular season because the ball, you know, bounced a certain way or a closer blew a save, really disheartening. So, I mean, I, I love the new format. I would just hope that they would consider – letting the maybe the two the teams with the two best records in each league have a bye uh, because it's it really, really, uh, really not fun to, to see a, a remarkable season go down the tubes on a three game series. And if you have if you have the top two teams getting that bye, uh, do you expand the playoffs or do you just let them uh, let the other other three rounds happen as normal? Yeah, I would, I would let I would let the rest of the of the of the first round happen without those four teams, you know, instead of instead of having 16 teams now playing, we would have 12 and I would have four teams that would get a direct buy to the second round. Yeah. As long, as long as there's brackets involved, brackets are as American as apple pie. Like you said, Kiri, this is like, I, I had no, going into this, I had no idea what the format was. Oh, the Marlins might make it, but how are they going to make it? And then they showed me the bracket and I was like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. And the last few days have been the best few days ever because you get to watch four baseball games in one day. And you're right. The NBA was the same way. We're, we're, you know, especially in uh, the time where we're all sitting at home doing nothing all day. Feed it to me. I want every sport on all day. It's great. Like it's like March Madness all the time. Uh, yeah, I've watched every game. I'm hooked. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. I do agree with you, Renee, though, that I think the two best teams, especially you know this year, where there's really good teams. I guess there's always really good teams that kind of run away with it. Should get a buy just because. You know, it's like a 16 seed beating a one is very, very rare. Whereas in baseball, an eight seed beating a one is not, I mean, look, not, I know, not impossible. I know that Frank doesn't want to talk about it, but I mean, his Cubs had a pretty good season and, you know, the chances are they're going to lose this series. I mean, it's, uh, you know, just regular baseball statistics will tell you that on average, the Marlins should be able to win one out of the next two. Uh, and that's, you know, that's somewhat of an injustice. I mean, the Marlins sort of, well, I guess they didn't squeak in. They still won over 30 games, but. It would be an injustice if a one seed lost like that to 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 an eight seed. Would it though? Well, I mean, it's it's not an injustice because they won it on the field. I I I, I you know, b- being a fan of the team with the with the best record, would hope that they would you know that they didn't have to un, you know undertake that risk. That's, yeah, that, and that, I, that's what we love. We love the upset. We love the I upset. Can, I can I I can agree with Renee there. I, I'm sympathetic to. Again, as someone who who just wants to see the pennant winners play, just go straight to the World Series. I don't I don't want to see the runaway one seed get punished. I will make an exception in the American League this year where I want the five to knock the one out immediately. But other than that, um, I, I get it. In the abstract, you want to see, especially when teams set themselves apart, you want to see those 
teams who are the best over a long season. Now here, we don't have the long season either. So right. it's not quite the same. It's not, it doesn't feel as unfair. Uh, but that goes, well, that goes to another point is Renee, you brought up during the break. What's, what's the staying power of this format? Cause I think it's cool. You know, I'm way more into the baseball playoffs this year than I have been in many years. Look, I think that baseball, uh, to its detriment sometimes, is the one that's the most traditional and the most resistant to change. Uh, I think that, like anybody else in, in any business, they like to make money. I think they're going to get a tremendous revenue boost over last year's playoffs with this format. I think they sold the first round to TBS for like a billion dollars just for just for a round. So, wow. wow. I mean, they, they uh, I think this is one of the changes that's going to stay. I think that with the collective bargaining situation that's going to unfold after next year, I think there's going to be two other changes that the union's going to push for, which is the universal DH that I'm not a fan of. I don't like no, the DH at all. Boo, I hate yeah. the DH. And I think the expanded roster is going to stay. I think especially since they're contracting the minor leagues by like 60 teams, uh, one way to help in that uh, big shock to the system is absorbing three new players per team that would have been minor leaguers. I also think expansion is coming. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if their numbers are accurate. They're going to say what what they want to say, but the the owners are claiming that collectively they've lost four billion dollars. Um, uh, it, I've also read articles saying that an expansion team that a charter would cost two billion dollars. So, you know, with my limited math skills, I, I can add those up and say, you know, it's it's you know, allowing there to be two expansion teams would be a real easy way to recoup the alleged four billion dollar loss. Uh, changing the playoff system is a great way to to keep to boost the revenue going forward. So, uh, I think these are I think this is where baseball is headed. I have, I, have, I have two I have a few questions to follow up. though. where I mean baseball is like no offense, but baseball is not the most popular sport in America as it once was. So where would even be like viable? Well, you know, you know that I don't think it's the most popular sport to watch a single game. I mean, I think that the TV the the revenue the the ratings bear that out. I would argue it still is the most popular game because what other sport uh, has minor league baseball in every town? They all do well. Uh, you have college that's, what college, that's what college football is to, to pro football. Yeah, but I and mean, it's huge. And it's another, baseball, it's, it's America's, baseball, it's another sport in America. But ba I mean, that that's, that's a one game a week event. Baseball is a five or six game a week event. And there are hundreds of locations that are getting filled in small towns, uh, so where are, some city, where are some cities that might be expansion cities? Truly, I, I, I don't, I, I, mean, can't, I, think, I can't think I think, of any off the top of my head. Maybe I Vegas? think for sure, for sure, without a doubt, Nashville. I think they're Nashville. already prepared. They, they've got Dombrowski at the head of, of that effort and Dave Stewart. So, I mean, I think that they've got some legitimate folks. You know, I think Nashville is, is a clear one. The, the Nashville oh. AAA team does very well attendance wise. I mean, they. Uh, I don't know where the second one would be. I mean, I think, I think Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. I was going to throw Vegas out there. That's, that's what I was going to throw out there. Do you think, just do you like think that baseball would, baseball would give up its obsession against gambling? I mean, I think that it's the purest uh, nature of baseball would, would hurt Vegas in their, in their chance to get one. That's a good point. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense as a city. Well, yeah. what's, what's the rule with the Vegas NHL team? Can you not gamble on them or you can? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that every other sport is going to go towards embracing gambling as they have in many ways. And I think baseball eventually may have to do so, but I think they're gonna, like everything else. They're going to be the last ones to make that, that change. Oh, these yeah, leagues Las, are all partnering with DraftKings and Las know, Vegas. Gambling Las Vegas is the way has, of the future. Las Vegas has two teams now. They've got, they've got hockey and they have the NFL. Right. So right. they are a legit 
sports destination, franchise destination. Yep. Uh, but, but Renee's right. Baseball can be so traditionalist and especially on the issue of gambling, there's a history of baseball, you know, really cracking down on anything that, that smacks of gambling. So I wonder if it, that's an interesting tension because on the one hand, you, as Renee said, you, you print money if you have a new, a new franchise and, uh, but baseball really does not like to dabble in, in gambling. So I, wonder. I, I think that a couple other possibilities that you hear about, I think that there's a team in Montreal trying to do that. I think there's a belief that Montreal as a city wasn't as flawed as its owner, Mr. Loria was. So uh, they might get a second chance. When you look at the AAA attendance, uh, New Orleans gets decent attendance. Um, Indianapolis gets decent attendance. I mean, I don't, I don't really know if they could support a major league baseball team for so, you know, with so many events. Um, I think if you think internationally, I think the hurricane really hurt Puerto Rico. I think Puerto Rico could have been a destination. Uh, they, 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 I think they're still struggling to rebuild and, uh, security concerns really hurt Mexico city. I think Mexico city would be an obvious choice in a city that has 40 million people, uh, and love sports. But I, I just think that They've had too many incidences in their winter leagues where players have been kidnapped and other stuff. I mean, that that's going to really hurt them. Yeah. 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 A, a few, a few other cities that have been tossed out are like Austin, Portland, San Antonio. I, I all those, those make some decent sense. I mean, especially when I just think about like Seattle and Portland and the kinds of rivalries that they have in soccer, what they have had in basketball that, that we kind of miss, it would be kind of cool for baseball to get a Seattle Portland thing going. Uh, that that's a, that's a nice destination. I, going back to what Renee said, Montreal Montreal is a is a really exciting choice. So there are some if pretty. They wanted, if they wanted to really think outside the box and really uh, try to predict what baseball would be like in thirty or forty years, uh, the place to really go to is Japan. I mean, if you can get if you could uh, get two cities, I mean Tokyo obviously, and uh, maybe even two in Tokyo. Uh, and now you got to rethink the schedule because once a team goes there, you basically want them to play all of their games in the in the year-long series with them so they only have to make the flight once uh and i think the biggest uh i think baseball would be open to that i mean it's an incredible market uh with very passionate baseball fans i just think that just like when baseball broke the color barrier one of the unintended consequences was the end of the negro leagues i think that if you do that uh i think that the the japanese league is very aware that they soon would die out because they would lose all their stars and all the interest would go to this other league so i mean maybe an nfl afl situation where you could uh maybe even merge with them and that's the way that you can get a bunch of franchises in uh but i mean i think that the the future the future of major league baseball really points to the far east because uh both korea uh and japan i mean the, the japanese league is is just, I would say it's at the AAA level, just a level below Major League Baseball and Korea's catching up. So, I mean, I, I mean, you've got uh, an entire culture that is just obsessed with baseball. Uh, rabid. And, They're rabid yeah, baseball fans. And uh, that, that could only be a good thing for Major League Baseball. I'll say what That's, I don't like about Major League Baseball, just while we're on the subject, because I hate the rules, man. I hate, I hate all the traditional rules. Like we're talking about celebrations the other day. Uh, was it Fernando Tatis who had the, uh, he did the selfie in the home run. That's the best thought, thing that ever. Was, that was Osuna. That was Marcelo Osuna. Oh, but, that was the Marcelo, excuse me, ex-Marlin, ex-Marlin, uh, Marcelo Osuna. I thought that was the best thing run. ever. Tatis yesterday hit a home, his second home run. He almost launched the bat into the stands. <laughs> That's that stuff's cool. Let, let them dance in the end zone. Let them flip the bat. Let them have fun. It makes the sport fun. And we're talking about gambling. I just want to, 
not that I condone gambling for anybody because it's a sin, but shout out to the Dodgers and Braves yesterday because I hit on a nice little parlay. And if you can if you can take the Marlins, especially in the first five innings with Sixto pitching today, that's my pick of the day. <laughs> Thank I think you. the Marlins win today too. Yeah, let's let's hope so. As as do my kids' college fund. So if the Marlins win, what fill me in? Who are, who would they face in the second round? I don't know the off Braves. the top of my head. So yeah, the Braves have already the Braves have the, already yeah they have advanced. Okay, the bane of their existence this yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's not good news to hear. And this is this is best of five, right? It's best of five, and I know that I, th- I think I'm older than both of you, but I, you both should be old enough to remember a time in 97 when, when uh, an upstart, well, not an upstart team because they had a lot of stars, but definitely a young pitcher went in and beat Atlanta. Uh, and I know that it led to the eventual dismissal of a, of, a, of a certain rotund umpire that was calling strikes that were nowhere near the strike zone. But <laughs> I was going to say, I remember that strike zone. <laughs> was was it something Greg, right? Eric Greg. That, Eric Greg. Eric, my very nice hero. man. I got to meet him a couple times in Dodger Town as a young as a young fan. I would go there to see the players uh, in spring training. But just a, as a, as a curious aside, baseball was very furious at that. And I think in two thousand one, the umpires decided to go on strike, not realizing that nobody really cares about the umpires. Uh, <laughs> and I don't why why they go on strike for what? For more money, and uh, you know they're of unionized course. just like the players. And uh, they really miscalculated it. Uh, baseball just promoted the AAA umpires and. They were out of a job. Eventually, they came up with an agreement that was actually worse than what Major League Baseball was originally offering. Uh, enough of the umpires agreed to it. Uh, one of the things was that baseball didn't offer a job back to all of the umpires. They, I think there was five that they that they sort of blackballed and didn't allow to come back into the sport, one of whom was Eric Gregg. So Eric Gregg uh, lost basically his career. And then it very, very sadly, he I think he owned a bar in Philadelphia. And his weight, he had weight issues and he got diabetes and a bunch of other uh, health issues. And he died not too long afterwards, like penniless, divorced, and just a very sad uh, end to an otherwise, you know, very, very good career as an umpire. It's very sad. It's very sad. For one glorious afternoon in Miami, he was a hero. Yes. Yes. He was more responsible than Liban. (laughs) (laughs) Well, out out of respect to Frank, I I don't think we should bury the cubs just yet but it's going to be uh that's going to be a fun game well, now have sorry, they decided when it is today is it at two is it at seven is that weather dependent the game starts at two and i'm sorry for cutting you off but uh the martins have a tough task today they have sixto going in against you darvish and in the last two games sixto has an 11.97 era and you're going against a potential cy young winner in you darvish who Darvish well, is what I call him. Since, since Brett started with a wonderful rendition of historical facts, let's look up what you Darvish's postseason ERA is. I think we got to go to break. It's not very good. <laughs> I think we got to go to break, actually. The time we're up oh, at the clock. Coincidentally, it is a good time for a break. We will talk to you on the other side. This is The Boys, Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I get it. Your desk has been there for you. Holding up your computer, your unused stapler, and that plant you forgot to water. But maybe it's time to leave your desk and spend your lunch break volunteering with Meals on Wheels. 
Doing Meals on Wheels for me is the joy that I look for at the end of my week. I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Josh Gordon is suspended after his fiasco for violating terms of conditional reinstatement. He tried to play that one off by saying, I'm going to step down. All of a sudden, it caught up to him mighty fast. He failed the drug test, didn't he? Said he was predicting he was having mental health problems by virtue of knowing he was in trouble. No, he knew they were about to knock on his door, which is he wasn't able to run out of the house fast enough. They're going to knock on his door? Or would they, I mean, could they at least ring the doorbell? Let me describe this to you. Frank is... Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I... That, that, that's uh, scaringly accurate. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, what's up? This is Tua Tungo Bailoa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. So we have uh, we had a who's who there of, of great football players bringing us in from that break. And it's appropriate because I want us to, to talk about some football here. We've got lots of topics and not a lot of time. Uh, I'm going to save best for last and see if we can just touch on the NFL quickly. 
Uh, so it's pretty wild uh, that now, you know, in this, in this year where so much has been disrupted, we've now officially, you know, lost until further notice an NFL game due to the, the Titans having a coronavirus outbreak. I saw that they had a couple more players test positive today. And we were just talking about, you know, what that means for <laughs> what's really important to NFL fans, which is fantasy football. Um, my league is in an uproar right now over this. And uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty, it, it's, it's scary, I guess, really, because it's all, this is all pretty precarious. We've been very fortunate, you know, baseball's had hiccups, but they've moved on and they're, they're chugging along. They're into the playoffs. The NBA went, has gone off Corona wise without a hitch really. Uh, but football has an entire regular season to get through and we're just getting warmed up in that season. And they've lost, they've lost a game here. And, and college football has been hit pretty hard uh, in terms of the number of games that have been lost to, to, to coronavirus outbreaks. Yeah, it seems one thing that I haven't really heard, like we know the game this week, Pittsburgh, Tennessee is postponed. And it seems like the Tennessee Titans are the team that's affected. They have like 16, 16 TI, whether it's players or staff members that have tested positive. I want to know what they're going to do next week. Because if you have COVID, it's a two-week quarantine minimum, right? So... I would think that's going to affect at least some guys availability for their game next week. So it just, it's going to be interesting and weird to see how it all plays out with the schedule, especially because it's not like baseball where you can play every day and do double headers and make up games. This is particularly for fantasy purposes. Yeah. I I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, It it seems that they've now actually rescheduled uh, the Steelers Titans for week seven. And then Steelers and Ravens is going to move from seven to eight. So they're they're making they're making arrangements in the in the NFL schedule to accommodate this. But I don't know how many more of these the NFL schedule can can handle before things start to fall apart. I hope hopefully we don't have to find out. Yeah, and we don't know we don't know which players nor nor I nor should we I don't think, but we don't know which players have it and which ones don't for fantasy purposes. If it's Derek Henry versus, you know, the trainer, no, no disrespect to anyone's life, but for fantasy purposes only, I think, you know, most people don't want Derek Henry to have coronavirus. And how, how does, how do you guys, I'm not, I don't play fantasy football. How do you guys account for that in leagues? Do you have to have a supplementary, a supplemental draft to have, let players, you know, pick more players up now and then have like a, an injured list or something? So in my, in my league, uh, the, the consensus was it's, it's a very divisive, issue but what we settled on is basically this is life we're all in the same boat you treat it like an injury injuries are unfair and they destroy team seasons all the time and this this is just another way that players can be injured for lack of a better term so no we just some people got hit hard here and the number of of spots in the ir hasn't changed and we all just have to adjust Oh no! I'm my league. We we changed the number one. One of my leagues that I'm in the ESPN league. I, we're cha- we changed the number of IR spots to account for this because you know, in a way you got to treat it like an injury. You might lose your best player, but um, you know you should at least not be penalized and be able to pick up another player without having to. Renee, you were saying this during the break, or, or Frank, you have to drop you know, drop Derek Henry to pick up a replacement running back for the week. You're you're kind of stuck. And in my another league, I'm in my best league. We're on a great a great app. If you don't use it, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug real quick. It's called Sleeper. Um, they actually site wide created uh, extra COVID spots for all leagues. So if you want to use them, you can. And so that's just another way of expanding your IR. You know, but yeah, it stinks. You're losing 
potentially really good players. And one more note, the Steelers now, because of the, the juggling of a schedule, are actually going to have to go 13 straight weeks without a bye. So it's, uh, it's something that at this point is, is affecting them more than anyone else, I would say. But, but hopefully we're yeah, able to get through the hurts. season. Exactly. That's the, that's the wild thing about, about this. Now, changing gears just a little, let's, let's go to college football where all of a sudden – the state of Florida has two teams in the top eight of both polls. And uh, we could, we can slight the team that plays in Orlando and not, not mention too much about the fact that we actually have three teams in the top 12, but I guess the surprise story early on, relatively speaking is, is the university of Miami. They've uh, they look good as much as it hurts me to admit that I was looking for holes. I was looking for reasons to detract. And other than it's still early in the season, I don't have much else right now. Yeah, the Canes have looked great. Uh, you know, this their next two games are the big test for them because that's when they play the two ranked teams until the end of the season when they play UNC. But really, they have at Clemson. So, you know, there's your season-defining moment. And then, uh, you know, I, I, let's assume they lose that game because they probably will lose to Clemson like everyone does. They play Pitt at home the next week. Pitt's... Okay, they had a close game with Louisville last week. Uh, that that the Cane, who the Canes blew out. Um, so, Pitt, you know, Pitt, if they can yeah, get Pitt. through this one and one, I think the Canes will be in a decent position. Yeah, Pitt is Pitt can can be tough game to game, year to year. You never know with them. Did you say that Pitt game is here in Miami? Yeah, the or Pitt is, game's, okay. Not that it matters, I guess, but the Pitt uh, game is in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think it still matters a little. It doesn't matter as much as it used to, but it's. That's that's a favorable thing for them. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that um, they've got a quarterback. They have a guy who they can tr- offense, and, and he makes them really explosive and unpredictable, and they have a new coordinator. I have a question about Derek King, the quarterback. Why does he have a C on his jersey? Didn't he just show up? How is he, how is he the captain? It's an indictment of the lack of leadership that was in that yeah, locker I room last so. year, I'd say. That's where I would put it. <laughs> yeah, right, or a testament to his. And what's wild, too, is I mean, something that I, I know I'm hoping for is uh, – South Florida, born and bred, but Gator educated um, person. I, I'm hoping for a Miami UF national championship. And oh, that, that would be wild. What, what's even better than that, which would be, you know, of course, the best thing ever, is the starting quarterbacks were high school teammates, Dierra King and, uh, and Kyle Trask. So I just, the, the storylines abound for both of wow. our, yeah. for the, the two, the the two big teams. Kyle Trask King. for the Gators and De'Ara King for the Canes. Are, oh, I, know, but, I know, but on their high school team, who was the starter? Oh, De'Ara King. King was. Yeah. That's why Trask, Trask hadn't started a game as a starter since he was like in eighth or ninth grade when he became the starter in the middle of the season last year because he backed up De'Ara King the whole time. And wow. so he was like a lightly recruited guy who UF brought in and was just there for depth. And one thing led to another, and here we are. Now they're both and, quarterbacking top eight teams. I, you know, here's, here's something that is through a, go ahead. I was gonna say through a very small sample size, if you look at like top Heisman candidates outside of the obvious Trevor Lawrence, it's Kyle Trask and De'Ara King and maybe the, uh, the quarterback from Texas. And that's really it. Yeah. Now I guess this doesn't matter anymore, but just in the fantasy world where Miami and Florida played for a national title, isn't the game here this year? It is. I mean, we may not be able to have a crowd there for it, but can you, I mean, wow, Miami and Florida playing for a title in, in Hard Rock Stadium, that would have been 
earth that's the dream for us. that's the dream but let's let me ask you something which team do you think has a more realistic shot at it the canes have the canes have a more favorable oh, schedule but the gators are the, the Gator, better the gators, team i think I, th- I think I think we know enough to say we can believe in the Gators being good. I don't think we can yet believe in the Hurricanes being good. But if the yeah. Canes beat Clemson, that's it. The Canes oh, I mean, right, they right, might right, be a lot. Yeah. yeah, the no, Canes would have a lot. Wins, if any of us wins the lottery next week, we won't be here for next week's show. So that is also that is also a good <laughs> point. Yeah, I mean the K- the Canes in that would have done more than the Gators have in their slow build here over the couple last couple of years. But that's one of my comments. One of the things I was thinking to myself was it took me the last two entire football seasons of the Gators showing me things on the field for me to start to feel like it's justified for them to be top 10, maybe top five. Uh, you know, the, the rankings are a little inflated right now because of the Big Ten getting removed and then brought back into the rankings. But Miami fans didn't need that. Miami fans needed one road game against Louisville and they were back. Miami fans, you know, you know how that works. In a world in, in a in a world without COVID, if we were to have a national title game here with uh, UF and Miami, uh, and the tickets were just open to whoever, who would have more fans in that in, in that game? I think the Gators would. It's a good. Well, they played here uh, in 2013, I think, and it was it was a home game for the Canes, but it was it was 50 50, if I recall correctly. I was there. I don't I don't yeah, remember too think, much about it. I think what it comes. Yeah, don't let's not talk about that ever again. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what that would come down to in that scenario is the uh, because it you know it's it's the it's like a Super Bowl it's about money and so it's which fan base has the the largest number of people who are going to shell shell out what it takes to get into there into the game so there's no shortage of UF fans within driving distance of the stadium so yeah, I don't I think, think that that would give Miami an advantage there and I, I think that there are there's there's more UF graduates in Miami than UM graduates I mean not that you need to be a graduate of a school to be of a course. Fan, but- of course. That's, yeah. That's that's my favorite question to ask a Hurricanes fan is where'd you graduate from? FAU or FIU? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it would like I said, I mean Miami would have the Miami has the I guess the nearby fan base advantage because you know, alumni notwithstanding, there are obviously more Hurricanes fans in in Dayton Broward than Florida fans, but there's just, there's no short, like Florida would have plenty of interested parties willing and able to fill up a stadium if they were playing for the title there again. And uh, I was, I was in the building the last time they played for the title there. And uh, that was a glorious night that we should talk about all the time. (laughs) So it's, I, I have to say of all of the sports, I've said it before, this is college football is my favorite sport. And I'm nervous that we're not going to get this season completed, but I am just so happy that I got to see even one game of the Gators. I'm so happy that it's the day before and it feels like we're probably going to get a second game. I'm really trying to enjoy the season one game at a time. And uh, I just, I'm very happy that obviously we've got all the sports back and as a society, we've, We've gotten through COVID, not gotten through it, but we're getting through it. We're finding ways to exist and have the good parts of life come back again. I'm so happy we have college football back. And I, I, just... I think I think just like baseball, a lot of changes uh, are, are here to stay. I mean, I think that there's obviously things that are worse and there are things that we have found that are better. And I think, I mean, something like this right now, uh, the ability to, to have meetings uh, and to discuss ideas in this format. I think you're going to be hard pressed to convince people that they need to commute 10 hours a day to go into a different physical building and do the same thing they had been doing for the last eight months. Uh, I mean, that's 150 hours a year 
that you could have to do something else. I mean, I think that work and life as we know it is, is changed forever. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I'll still drive six hours to go see the Gators play in the swamp. Yeah. Oh, that, that's I, different until they create the VR helmet that, that puts you there virtually. Uh, I, I agree with you. That, that is a different thing. Yeah. But here you, you mentioned college football. Thank God college football is back. Uh, last, last weekend, it was you know, the six o'clock, six thirty hour when all of the, the late game, the early games were finishing up and the late games were just getting started. And I looked at my wife and I just said like, thank God for college football. I mean, this, <laughs> that is just a, that, that hour of my week was just heaven, heaven. Yeah. Every, every year, right before the season starts and when the season ends, I have this very dramatic uh, either joyous or depressed announcement to my wife about how much football there is or is not left. And she just rolls her eyes at me, but, oh man, it's, this is, I, I am very happy to have it back in my life for however long we get at this season. I'm keeping my expectations low. As you know, I am a pessimist, but I am just so happy game to game to have it back in my life until the Gators blow a game. And then I will not be so happy, but, <laughs> uh, that's all for us this week. I'm happy that we were able to get back together here. Thanks to Renee and Brett for joining. Thanks to Frank and Larry the Amigo for allowing us to come on the air here. We look forward to chatting again soon. This has been The Boys on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Frank. The views and opinions expressed on the boys are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the